Well, if you would, remain standing for the reading of God's holy word this morning. Turn with me to Ruth chapter 3. If you are you going to use a pew Bible, you can find that on page 223 this morning. Ruth chapter 3, I'll read all 18 verses, and then, uh, by God's grace, we can sit down. So, Ruth chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, why should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did, just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? She answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, May you be blessed by Yahweh, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight in the morning. If he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he will not, is not willing to redeem you, then as Yahweh lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. He said, Bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. For she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did it, how did it, you fare, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me. For he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, Wait, my daughter, till you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Please be seated. So in Ruth 3, as God continues to unfold his grace in chapters 3 and chapter 4 of the book of Ruth, it is a joy to see our great God at work. Not just in this book, but in every detail of our life, the Lord is at work. And there is one thing that would encourage us and spur us on and remind us this morning is that as the Lord was at work in the life of Naomi and Ruth, the Lord is at work in your life. Every situation and every tear, every celebration, every trial, every birth, every death, every obedience, every wickedness, the Lord He has a plan for history. He has a plan for redemption. He has a plan for every single of his children. He is caring for every child. He has purchased by his blood. 
God's providence for his own is clearly seen and it needs to be celebrated by his children. His great love for his bride is never ending. And as we see his children make plans today and follow through with those plans, we find God's grace being unleashed, directing every step along the path. Just a quick review of what we looked at before. Naomi has lost her husband and the two of her sons. One daughter-in-law returned while the other remained with her. She was begged to go, but Ruth remained. Ruth and Naomi arrived in Jerusalem during harvest time, something they may not have fully recognized when they first got there, but the Lord was providing. Boaz allowed Ruth to work and remain in the field, protecting her. And Yahweh was at work, fulfilling his perfect will, preparing for Christ to come. So I am breaking up our text today into four main areas. Area one, verses one through five, we will look at Naomi's instructions. Naomi's instructions. Area two, verses six through nine, we'll see Ruth's obedience. Area three, verses 10 through 15, Boaz's blessing and promise. And area four, verses 16 through 18, Ruth's return. So let's look at Naomi's instructions beginning in Ruth three, verse one. So Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, why should I not seek rest for you? So as God's word instructs us about him and our response, how we are to live as God's children, Naomi instructs Ruth and what she should do. We see, my daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight. The answer wash, therefore, anoint yourself, put on your cloak, go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. As Blake covered in chapter 2, Boaz was a worthy man. He protected Ruth, a foreigner, and provided for her and Naomi. Yahweh was providing for Ruth and Naomi. The God of Israel was providing for and giving refuge to Ruth and Naomi in the land that he provided for his people. Chapter 3, verse 1 informs us yet again that Naomi desires rest for Ruth. She wants her to have a husband, to have a, a home and a family of her own. Boaz was a relative. Therefore, Naomi instructs her to clean up Go to him that night, and basically, I want you to propose. Wash up. Anoint yourself. I have just heard what this man has done for you all day. He has provided for you. You've been working in the field. He has been providing you. Wash up. Anoint yourself. Put on your cloak. Put on your best clothes. Go to the threshing floor. That's where Boaz is separating the grain from the chaff. He's throwing it up. And as the wind blows, the chaff is drying away. When he's done, watch. When he is done eating, when he is done drinking, and after he lies down, make yourself known to him. Uncover his feet. Lie down. He will instruct you. This was an ancient Near Eastern custom. And since Boaz was a generation older Ruth was asking for his hand in marriage, something that Boaz would not have done since he was much older than her. Ruth was a young, childless widow asking for a husband, asking for protection and provision 
from Boaz, who was a near relative. Ruth was obeying her mother-in-law. Even in a season of those in Israel doing what is right in their own eyes, God had his faithful children. Children who were justified, children who were being sanctified, and Boaz was a worthy man whom Yahweh would work through in providing for Naomi and Ruth, and Jesus Christ would come years later from this bloodline. Yahweh was at work as he always was and is. He was at work in Naomi. He was at work in Ruth. He was at work in Boaz. And this work was the glory of God and the good of his children. I mean, when we read of Ruth, we should be thinking about, look at what the Lord is doing through this little family. Look at the, what the Lord has done for me, a sinner saved by God's grace. This is preparing the way for Christ to come. Christ has come. This is a story of, of sanctification, of salvation, of the Lord justifying his children. And it is a beautiful story to unfold. The Lord was at work, and that work is the glory of God and the good of his children. Area two, we find Ruth's obedience, beginning in verse six. So Ruth basically listens to everything that Naomi said, and she responds. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of the grain. Then she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? She answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. So Naomi instructed Ruth, and she did not delay in her obedience. She immediately washed up, cleaned up, put on her best garments, followed every instruction, went down there, and she waited. As she was commanded, she obeyed Naomi's risky plan. Boaz enjoyed his full day of work, eating and drinking. His heart was merry. He was content. He was joyful. And after Boaz lay down, Ruth went to him softly, uncovered his feet and lay down. And this uncovering of the feet was a sign of dependence. Ruth was putting herself forward to this man saying, I am relying upon you. Ruth was asking for the hand of Boaz in marriage for him to serve as her kinsman redeemer. We should see the perfect timing of the Lord here. Naomi's detailed instructions to Ruth, the joyful day that Boaz experienced preparing for this conversation, how the Lord provides for his very own at all times. Boaz was startled and said, who are you? Ruth responded with the words, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are redeemed. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 25 Verses 5 through 10 helps explain what is happening here. It says, If brothers dwell together and one of them dies and has no son, the wife of the dead man shall not be married outside the family to a stranger. 
Her husband's brother shall go into her and take her as his wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother to her. And the first son whom she bears shall succeed to the name of the dead brother, and his name may not be blotted out of Israel. And the man does not wish to take his brother's wife. Then his brother's wife shall go up to the gate to the elders and say, My husband's brother refuses to propitiate the brother's name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of a husband's brother to me. Then the elders of his city shall call him and speak to him. And if he persists, saying, I do not wish to take her, then his brother's wife shall go up to him in the presence of the elders, pull off his sandal off his foot, and spit in his face. And she shall answer and say, So it shall be done to the man who does not build up his brother's house. And the name of his house shall be called in Israel, the house of him who had his sandal pulled off. So Ruth's husband, Malon, who had passed, had no surviving brothers. But there were close relatives who could provide for her, and Boaz was on that list. Ruth was asking Boaz to be her kinsman redeemer, just as Naomi had instructed her. Naomi provided instructions for Ruth, desiring rest for her, and Ruth obeyed those instructions to the T. That moves us on to area three, Boaz's blessing and promise found in verse 10. And he said, may you be blessed by Yahweh, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, and that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer. Yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight. And in the morning, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as Yahweh lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. He said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it out and measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. Yahweh was not through blessing Boaz with a wonderful day. He shows up. He lays down. Ruth approaches. Ruth uncovers her feet. He was overwhelmed with Ruth's request. He says, may you be blessed by Yahweh, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. You know, Ruth stayed with Naomi. Ruth abandoned her family, her homeland, embracing Bethlehem. Naomi's God became Ruth's God. Ruth stayed pure, listened to Naomi, her mother-in-law, seeking someone in the family to marry, seeking a kinsman redeemer. She, should have, she could have gone after a younger man who was wealthy to provide everything for her, but she listened to her mother-in-law. She didn't go after young men, but she humbly listened and submitted to Naomi's commands. Ruth's kindness, her, her love is not her own. It is overflowing from the covenant kindness and love of the Lord. Boaz sees Ruth's faithfulness and kindness and acknowledges that her proposal is a greater kindness 
than all that she had already done for Naomi. Ruth had not stopped thinking about Naomi. And Ruth asking the question, this would also secure Naomi provision and protection. Boaz first responds with asking the Lord, asking Yahweh to bless Ruth, this foreigner, a once stranger to the promises of God. He says, and now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. I love those words. That a foreigner had come to Bethlehem. A foreigner had lived among them. The foreigner was not being provided for. And yet, what does he say? Boaz knew, all the men knew, that she was a worthy woman. She was a Proverbs 31 woman. Boaz had been told of all that Ruth had done, her kindness, her excellent character, and now he was experiencing that kindness himself. Boaz and all the men knew that Ruth was a worthy woman. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears Yahweh is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. An excellent wife Who can find she is far more precious than jewels? Boaz had found a worthy woman in Ruth. She was a widowed foreigner serving Yahweh in a time when most were doing what was right in their own eyes, a season when the majority were turning away from the living God. Ruth loved Naomi with God's covenant love, and Boaz saw it, and so did all the men in the city. And they talked and they knew that she feared Yahweh. It is true that God's children image him. And their thinking, their actions, and their character. Indeed, those who have been purchased by the blood of Jesus will reflect the character of God. There is often talk today is, well, that person may or may not look like God, but that person is saved. No, the God who justifies is a God who sanctifies. And that God will conform that person into more and more and more by God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, the image of Christ. Those who have been purchased by the blood of Christ will reflect the character of God. That's not legalism, that's grace. Our great God justifies and He sanctifies. His children, they bear fruit. They image Him. They are conformed more into the image of Christ. If you are His, this is a perfect reminder for you to remain steadfast in knowing the Lord as well as living for Him, even when the surrounding culture is doing what is right in their own eyes. You have the Holy Spirit. Serve the Lord. Our actions and our character They matter at all times. How we respond to God's providence is extremely important. We don't respond to God's providence because we are upset with what is happening to us. We know the promises of God. We trust God and we serve Him no matter what happens to us. What can actually happen to us unless we go home? That's where we're headed. There is never a time in which The Lord has given us the okay by God to do what is right in our own eyes. If redeemed, we are to follow the Lord completely at all times. 
Yahweh is at work and His plan is perfect. You cannot see everything that He is doing. You're not God. You and I cannot see clearly. It is very dimly. We are called to trust the Lord as His servant and remain faithful in obeying His commands. Ruth obeyed Naomi and Boaz responds, I will do for you all that you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. Just think about those words for a second. Naomi hasn't heard them yet. But what has Naomi gone through? I've lost my husband. I've lost my two sons. I've fled the homeland. I have returned. I have nothing. Don't even call me by my old name. Call me this new name, which means I am, I am bitter. I am not doing well. And in God's providence, he is unfolding within this family. And Ruth had just heard, I will do everything that you have asked. Did they deserve it? No. Do we deserve to know of this and how the Lord was unfolding his history to bring about Christ? No, but we haven't, and it is beautiful. There's never a time in which it's okay for us to step away because we are upset with the providence of God and what he is doing in this world. We need to know that God is on his throne, God is doing his work, he is building his kingdom. His kingdom will stand. We cannot be snatched away from the Lord. He is good in all things. He is caring for us as his children. We need to faithfully serve him and worship him and give him all the praise and all the glory for he is God and he knows what is best. The Lord provides for his own and he is always at work. Look at verse 12. Boaz says, and now it is true that I am a redeemer. Yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as Yahweh lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So Boaz is a redeemer. However, he understood that there was one closer than he who first had the right to accept Ruth or to deny Ruth. Boaz promised to deal with with this matter in the morning, and he promised that as Yahweh lives, if the one closer would not serve as a redeemer, that he would serve as a redeemer. Look at verse 14. So she laid his feet till the morning. There rose before one could recognize another, and he said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, Bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it out. He measured out six measures of barley. And put on her. Then she went into the city. Now there are many pastors. There are many commentators. There is many historical significance. Looking at verse 14 and verse 15. That would say. What happened here. Was not appropriate. This is what I want you to remember. Ruth was given instructions by. Naomi. Ruth followed every instruction to a T. We don't find anything in these verses that are impure. Ruth laid at the feet of Boaz till the morning, as she instructed her by Boaz, both remaining pure with no immorality, 
as the scriptures inform us. So early in the morning, while it was still dark, Boaz loaded Ruth with six measures of barley in which Ruth carried home. Now it's interesting. The unit of measurement is not told in the Hebrew text. Some speculate six scoops. Others say the amount that she was given was 60 pounds. Others even declare, no, this was 180 pounds of grain. Whatever the amount she was able to carry. God was at work, blessing, provision, and promise. Ruth, on this risky plan, she does exactly what Naomi said. She comes to it, follows all the instructions, lays everything out. Boaz continues to respond with grace and kindness and love and saying, I'm going to do this, but there is someone who is closer. If he doesn't do it, I will be your redeemer. The Lord was providing for his own. His grace was unfolding. In a time of unfaithfulness of his people, he was keeping his promise. He was remaining faithful and preparing the way for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to come. As we stand today, Jesus Christ has already come. In 2023, let us not become distracted by the many voices. The Lord is at work. You read so much of social media. You hear so much in the news and podcasts and everything else. And we've and so many people speculate, look, in times all throughout history when it seems like the Lord was not at work, the Lord was at work. He is building His kingdom right now. Jesus Christ has already come. We must not become distracted by all the many voices. The Lord is at work. He is keeping every single promise. He has a special love for His bride. And we as His children are to respond with praise and obedience. The Lord is faithful. That's enough for us to praise Him the rest of the day. The rest of our lives. Ruth is overwhelmed. She is about to head home in verse 16. And we see Ruth's return. And Naomi is about to be overwhelmed. When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done for her. These six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said, you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. So Ruth returns to Naomi with plenty of grain and tells her all that Boaz had said and done for her. There is a simple truth here that I don't want us to overlook Ruth recognized all that had been done for her. As God's children, we need this same daily discipline. We need to stop and recognize all that God has done for us. And we try to model that every Sunday morning when we have a prayer of thanksgiving. If you don't have an ongoing list of things that you are thankful to the Lord for, you need to know the Lord better, and you need to pause and think. It is healthy, and it is good for us to remember what God has done, and to give thanks to God for all that He has done 
is doing and will do. We don't see clearly, but the promises of God are extremely clear. I love here that Ruth was not revealing the attitude of entitlement. Ruth came back and she said, see, finally someone has given me everything that I deserve. Ruth understood all that Boaz was doing. And she understood that it was actually the kindness, the steadfast love of Yahweh at work. Naomi instructed Ruth to stay with her, to wait. As Boaz, a godly and upright and worthy man, would fulfill his promise to her that very day. That the Lord was at work when the majority of his chosen people were doing what was right in their own eyes. The words of Puritan Thomas Manton speak to us today on waiting. He said, sit still until you know how the matter will be. For God will not be at rest till he has accomplished all that he has spoken to you. So much we, we demand that God do things exactly when we want them done. On our timetable, and yet that is not how the Lord has ever worked. Sin entering the world. That wouldn't have been my plan. It was God's plan. The promise of Genesis 3.15. I don't think there should have been a promise because God should have just sentenced everyone to hell and given them what they rightly deserved. Brother and sister, there is a heavy burden upon our souls and sin that is present in our life if we are failing to rest and trust in who God is and His wonderful promises. I'll say that again. We have a heavy burden upon our souls and we have sin in our life if we are failing to rest and trust in who God is and His wonderful promises. How dare us as God's children doubt what the Lord is doing? There are so many songs like, I don't know what the Lord is doing. I'm sorry, I know exactly what the Lord is doing. He is growing His kingdom and He is orchestrating everything on this earth for His name and for His glory and He's keeping His children. I know what the Lord is doing. We are called by God to live for Him. Our life, our actions, our character, we are to reflect God and serve God. We are to glorify God in all things. The Lord will bring about His promises. He may not bring them about it in our lifetime. He may not bring about those promises when we want them to happen. But He will bring about His every promise. When we are faithless, the Lord remains, as He always does, faithful and at work. Listen to the words of Richard Sibbs. You see in the genealogy of Christ that He came both of Jews and Gentiles, as we see in Ruth. Of our Savior's ancestors, they were Gentiles as well as Jews, to show that He that came of both came to be the Savior of both. The kindness shown in today's verses no doubt points to the amazing kindness of Yahweh. No doubt the amazing kindness of the Lord Jesus Christ upon sinners. The kindness of Naomi in caring for Ruth. The kindness of Ruth in caring for Naomi. 
The kindness of Boaz and provision and blessing and giving a promise. We are seeing the covenant kindness of the Lord on display. Naomi entered Bethlehem empty and bitter and we are seeing the Lord fill her. In your life and my life, we need to see the kindness of Yahweh at work and respond with praise, love, and obedience. The Lord will keep every promise. And we need to know what the promises of God are, and we need to know what God has not promised. We don't declare things to others or people in our household or to friends, something that God has not promised. Let's fill our lives in response to what God is doing with His commands and faithfully serve Him. Let us trust His every promise, knowing His promises, and do not lean upon our foolish and failing strength. Now this is a long quote. I don't apologize because it's rich. It's by Ian Duggan. He says, the real story, love story, is behind the scenes when you read Ruth. It's the love of God for straying sheep. It is the love that prevented him from simply ending the world when Adam and Eve first sinned. It is the love that chose and called Abraham and then persisted in pursuing his rebellious offspring. It is the love that would not let them go in spite of their centuries-long history of rebellion and idolatry. This love causes the sun to shine and the rain to fall. In the lives of God's children, this love feeds our daily food and clothes us. In His providence, His love may bring us godly friends to encourage us and a godly spouse with whom to share our lives. For all these good gifts of God's love, we should be truly thankful. In your life, in my life, we need to see the kindness of the Lord and respond with praise, love, and obedience. If you are so busy that you don't have time to think about the kindness of God, you are too busy with things that don't really matter. And perhaps you're here today and you find yourself without salvation, not understanding the great love of God. That Jesus Christ is the only Savior. He is the only one who can cover you of your sins and present you blameless before the Lord. Ruth is the unfolding love story of the Lord in sending his one and only son to this earth to die for sinners. And we have been commanded in Scripture to repent and to believe. Confess your sins before the Lord, to turn from them and call on Christ alone for your salvation. Your good will never outweigh your bad. You will never be good enough. You cannot earn salvation. It's by grace alone. Grace is getting something you don't deserve. And let me make it simple. You and I, there is not a person on this planet who deserves to have a relationship with Christ. Not one. We were born in iniquity. We were born sinners, haters of God, with God's wrath abiding on us. And yet, this is a love story of the Lord providing a Savior through this little family that seemed lost but is being filled. 
So if you're here and you've never trusted in Christ, know that you are not in a good spot with God. God's wrath abides on you. That means if you were to die today, you would be sentenced to hell. And the greatest news I can tell you is everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just. Confess your sins before the Lord and trust in Christ and Christ alone for your salvation. Christ is the only sacrifice. He is the only Savior. It's a once and for all payment that He has made. God's love is forever seen in that Jesus came and died for sinners. And He alone saves. And we need to go to Him. And if you have been born again this morning, if you are a Christian, is the never-ending love of God what you see when you read Ruth? Is the never-ending love of God what you see as you go throughout your life? Or do you approach situations and think, I deserve this! No, you don't. Is the covenant kindness of Yahweh filling your mind, filling your heart, and is it filling your actions? Because the God who justifies is the God who sanctifies. He is the one that conforms us more into the image of Christ. So as God's children, let us never stop praising Him. Let us never stop speaking of Him and singing about His steadfast love. Next week... We celebrate Easter. This is within the story of Easter and its Savior coming. Father, I thank you for your holy word. Lord, to to read the New Testament, to know what you have done, and to go back and to read the Old Testament and to see how you have been unfolding your story step by step by step throughout history, seeing your marvelous hand and work, your never-ending kindness, your steadfast love for your children, that every promise that you have made, you are keeping and you will see to it. Lord, we should be overwhelmed with thankfulness as your children. We are so undeserving. Entitlement, the only thing we deserve is hell and your wrath. But praise be to God that you provided a Savior. Then even in the genealogy, we find Ruth and we find the fact that you are keeping your promise in from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, that the lights to the temple have been turned on and we can see how Jesus Christ, the covenant in his blood, washes away all of our sins. Father, encourage us as your children this week. Remind us at every turn the great steadfastness of your unfailing love for us as your bride. Father, for those who are not saved, put loads of guilt, concern upon them. And they become overwhelmed with the truth that they are sinners separated from you. Draw them to yourself. Remind them of the gospel that they have heard. Father, and help us to not complain or to think that we deserve certain things, that we are entitled to things on this earth. Remind us of the life of your Son. 
He was crucified. They hated him. They nailed him to a cross. They spit on him. They pierced him. He hung there until he died. The disciples, they died horrible deaths. You have told us all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Remind us at every turn of your steadfast love. Remind us of our eternal home with you forever. And remind us that there is not anything that man can do to us to separate us from your amazing, steadfast, never-ending love. It's in Christ's name we pray and ask these things. Amen.